In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. In the beginning, I like to wish you all a very blessed and happy Feast of Nativity, and also a very blessed year 2023, in which we ask the Lord to bless all of us with all the heavenly and earthly blessings, and be with us and grant us repentance and grant us a godly life, holy life, without which we cannot see the Lord as St. Paul said. Also, I want to mention something. I am very, very happy tonight actually when I attended the midnight praises before the meetings and the offering of the Lamb. I was surprised by the number who attended to those midnight praises. It's very rare in any church actually that people come early and attend midnight praises before the liturgy of the feast, which usually takes few hours. And the number of the people who attended from meetings from the beginning also was a large number, which made me happy and uh, in, in, this is an indication of the strong service in this church led by Reverend Father Hedra uh, and all the servants and all the deacons and the board and everybody actually uh, reflect the commitment and the dedication in the service. Today we celebrate the incarnation of the Son of God. God became man, as Saint Athanasius said, in order for man to be son of God. So why actually God chose to be man and to dwell among us? And by the way, this decision or this economy was made before the foundation of the world. This economy of incarnation was known to God before the foundation of the world. But in the fullness of time, God sent his son to be born of a woman, the holy, pure virgin, Saint Mary. There are many reasons why God became man. I will choose few and discuss them. As you know, when God created man, as we read in Genesis, he created man in his image after his likeness. And when the fall happened, humanity lost the likeness of God. We lost the image of God in us. So God actually came and took our humanity in order for us to be restored back to the image and the likeness of God. As we read in Galatians chapter 3 and verse 27, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So Christ came and became human being. God, man together, united together, divinity and humanity. When the divinity actually is united with the humanity, the humanity became 
pure, became clean. And God actually, in his incarnation, fulfilled all the righteous requirement of the law. As he said to John the Baptist, it is befitting for us to fulfill all the righteous requirement of the law. Then God lived a holy life, a pure life. He resembled us in everything except one thing only, sin. He resembled us in everything except for sin only. Then God actually gave us to put on Christ in the water of baptism. When we are baptized, the old man, the man that is born from our parents, dies in the water of baptism. Then we are created, new creation in the water of baptism, after the likeness of Christ. Or we put on Christ, as St. Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, 27. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So we actually, we have the restoration of the image of God in the water of baptism. But as human being, as weak human being, we sin again after being baptized. That's why God ordained for us the sacrament of repentance and confession as well as the sacrament of communion so that if we sin again we can actually be restored to the image of God. So when we repent, when we confess our sins, when we partake of his holy body and his precious blood, this image of God is restored again. That's why we hear in the Divine Liturgy about the communion given for us for salvation, remission of sins, and eternal life to those who partake of him. But in the second coming of Christ, and when we go to heaven, there the full restoration of the image of God will happen. When we are raised, the resurrection of life in the second coming of Christ. With this resurrection, the full restoration of the image of God will happen and we will never sin again in heaven. As we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 49, and as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. So, here on earth, we bore the image of the man of dust, Adam. But when we go to heaven after the second resurrection, we will actually bear the image of the heavenly man. And also another verse in Philippians chapter 3, verse 21, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body. So this body will be transformed into his glorious body. So the first reason why God became man in order to restore the image of God that we lost it with the fall of Adam and Eve. The second reason, when 
the fall happened, our nature became contaminated with corruption, with death, and with sin. That's why the Lord Jesus Christ, when he united the divinity with the humanity together, in order actually to heal our human nature from this contamination of corruption, of sin, and of death. As we pray in the Theotokia of Thursday about St. Mary, she gave in full all the form of humanity to the Lord. She gave in full all the form of humanity to the Lord, the Creator and Logos of the Father. So, at the moment of the union between the divinity and the human nature, the human nature in the incarnated Son of God was healed completely, completely from corruption, death, and sin. Again, in the moment St. Mary gave Christ the full humanity, the full human nature. At the moment of union between the divinity and the humanity, the humanity was healed from the corruption and from sin and from death. As we say in the divine liturgy, also given for us for salvation, remission of sins and eternal life. Then maybe somebody would ask, how Jesus died on the cross if the humanity was healed from death, from corruption, and from sin. The Lord Jesus Christ allowed the death to approach him. Any one of us, when the moment of death comes, we have no control over it. But the Lord actually has control over the moment of death. He said to Pontius Pilate during the trial, I have authority over my soul to lay it down and to take it back. Which means if he chose not to lay it down, he wouldn't die. But as he said, for this hour I have come, he came to die. That's why by his own authority, as we say in the divine liturgy, by his own will and authority alone, he laid down his life. He laid down his, his soul. He accepted death unto himself. In order, as we chant in the hymn of resurrection, the Christus by his death, he tramples over death. By his death, he tramples over death. So, he came to heal our nature. He came to heal our nature from corruption, from sin, and from death. And as I told you, here on earth, we take the pledge, we take the promise. But the full healing of our nature is in the second coming, in the resurrection of the righteous. Then our nature will be completely healed from corruption, from sin, and from death. That's why death will be abolished completely. There is no death in eternal life.
The third reason, with the fall of Adam and Eve, enmity happened between God and humanity. We lost our fellowship with God simply because we turned our back to God and we followed Satan. All of us, we did this in the person of Adam and Eve. So the Lord Jesus Christ came to reconcile, to restore this fellowship between us and God. And St. Paul explained this restoration of the fellowship wonderfully in his letter to Ephesians chapter 2 from verse 14 to 18. He said, for he, Jesus, himself is our peace, who has made both one, both means the Jews and the Gentiles. There was enmity not only between us and God, but also between Jews and Gentiles. Israel was the people of God, chosen people of God. Rest of the world, the Gentiles were enemies to God. They worshipped idols. So, when the Lord Jesus Christ came on the cross, he made both Israel and the Gentiles one. He has broken down the middle wall of separation. Because if you visit the temple, there is a court for the Gentiles. And there is a wall separating Gentiles from the Jews. They cannot mingle together in the temple. This wall of separation, the Lord Jesus Christ has broken down. Having abolished in his death the enmity, that is the law of commandment contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two. So, Jews who believed in Jesus Christ become members in the body of Christ. Gentiles who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ become members in the body of Jesus Christ. So the, the two now are united in one body, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. St. Mark was a Jewish person. He preached Egypt. Egyptian are Gentiles. But Mark became member in the body of Christ. Egyptian who believed in the Lord Jesus Christ became members in the body of Christ. Both of them became one in the body of the incarnated Son of God. Thus making peace. And that he might reconcile them both to God. So, on the horizontal level, he reconciled the Jews with the Gentiles together in the body of Christ. But Christ is the Son of God. So, he reconciled both of them to God the Father in one body, his body, through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and those who were near. For through him we both, Gentiles and Jews, have access by one spirit to the Father. So he came actually to do this restoration for the fellowship between us and God. Also, Adam and Eve, when they disobeyed God, they lost the life of holiness 
and righteousness. But the Lord Jesus Christ, when he came, he came also to restore the life of holiness and righteousness for us. In the Old Testament, there was law, and the law exposed our sins, but did not have the power to heal us from the contamination of sin. The law doesn't have the power to change or to transform our life. But the Lord Jesus Christ came not only by law, but also by grace. We read it in John chapter 1. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth given by Jesus Christ. What does it mean by grace? This means that now we have the ability to live a holy life through the grace of God. In the Old Testament, when God told me, Thou shalt not murder, it is just a commandment. And it is up to me, it's up to my power and up to my ability. And because all of us, we are weak, many people killed, Moses killed, David killed, Solomon killed, many, many people. They could not keep this commandment. But in the new covenant, because Christ came with grace, now I am not only having the commandment, but I have the power to fulfill the commandment. That's why God took the commandment into a higher level. He said, you heard it was said to the old, thou shalt not commit a murder. But now I tell you, if you get angry at your brother, actually you deserve condemnation. Why? Anger leads to murder. Now I have grace. That's why the level of commandment was taken to a higher level. In the past you heard, thou shalt not commit adultery. But in the new covenant, because we have grace, it was taken to a higher level. If you look at a woman to lust after her, you have committed adultery in your heart. So the Lord Jesus Christ came in order to restore the power of holiness in us. The word of God in the new covenant, because the word is anointed by the Holy Spirit. So the word has power of transforming us. The commandment of God has power to change us, to make us live a holy life. St. Paul said in Hebrews chapter 4, the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. That's actually the power of the word of God. Lastly, the Lord Jesus Christ, to, he came to restore the fellowship and the unity and love between human beings. Again, we, we can see from very, very early, Cain killed Abel. Why? How Cain actually knew in his mind there is something called killing? How he actually 
had the courage to kill his brother because God accepted the offering of Abel and rejected the offering of Cain. But because they were under the authority of darkness, the power of the devil, the power of darkness. But now, in the new covenant, we have the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. That's why we love one another. Thus, the world know you are my disciples if you love one another. How we get this spirit of love? Because of the incarnation of the Son of God. When God became man, he also gave us the grace of the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. You are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit abiding in you. And when I have the Holy Spirit in me, one of the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love. That's why we love one another. Not we love only our friends and our families and our neighbors, but even in the new covenant, we love our enemies. Love your enemy. Pray for those who curse you. How can we do this? Because we have the Holy Spirit, the spirit of love inside us. Now we have the power to forgive. We have the power to love. We have the power to reconcile. So we live in unity with one another. So the Lord Jesus Christ came to unite all the humanity, to make us all one in him. Yes, those who resist the Lord Jesus Christ still live in hatred. Still, they don't have this love inside their heart. But those who accepted Christ and carried the Holy Spirit in them and carried the fruit of the Holy Spirit in them, they actually are able to love not only their friends, or their family, or their neighbors, but also to love their enemies. We thank God that he emptied himself. He took the form of man. He came and dwelt among us in order to restore the image of God that we lost it, in order to restore the human nature and to heal the human nature from the contamination of corruption, sin, and death. He came and He restored our relationship with the Father. He came and restored our relationship with one another. And also He made the life of holiness and purity is possible for each one of us. Christ is born, glorify Him, glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.